All right. Good afternoon, everyone. It is, well, it's Tuesday, actually. It's not Wednesday yet, but it is WTF Wednesday that we're recording for. going to be episode number four. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it. I've been uh, getting some good questions in, so that's awesome. Uh, I'm getting a nice little stacked column of uh, questions that I'm saving up for if uh, we ever have a late week, but uh, keep sending them in. Uh, Seriously, obviously, if you have my number, text them to me. If not, hit me up on uh, Instagram at Let's See What Happens and uh, just uh, DM me. I'm going to get into it here in a second, but uh, I just, again, want to thank everyone that has been listening and uh, I appreciate all the feedback. It's really nice to uh, to know that uh, I'm not just talking to nothingness out there. So that's cool. But uh, all right, let's get into it um, for uh, WTF Wednesday, episode number four. Hang on just a sec. Let me take a... Mm. And I don't know what it is, but lately the beer, when I... I've been doing the frosted glasses in the freezer and it is just, it's so freaking good. Especially that first sip. It's like, I don't know. I can't remember as a kid, like what to, what I equated it to. Um, I don't know, like maybe like ice cream on a hot day or something, but man, it is just so freaking good. I don't know. Sorry. Uh, Sidetrack. Let's get started here. Uh, Question number one, what job would you do other than law enforcement? Um, Well, uh, for those that are in law enforcement right now, and even those that aren't, uh, I'm sure that a lot of you are aware of this current bill that's being, I don't know, it just got passed by the House and it's supposed to be going through the Senate. And uh, a lot of people are obviously optimistic that it's not going to pass, but it's about qualified immunity and taking it away from law enforcement. Um, For those that don't know what qualified immunity is, uh, I'll break it down uh, in very simple terms because uh, I'm obviously simple myself, so it's real easy for me to uh, explain it that way. Uh, Basically what it means is, so qualified immunity is, uh, most law enforcement agencies have this, uh, it's started to go away from some, you'll see in some particularly like uh, Chicago and Illinois, I guess, have already passed getting rid of qualified immunity, in which case that's why you're seeing uh, cops leaving in mass droves. But that's because basically what qualified immunity does is it keeps law enforcement from being sued civilly. Now, let me, let me pause for a second because I say that to some people and they're like, well, that's ridiculous. Why can't they be sued? No, no, no. It's not that you can't be sued civilly. You can't be sued civilly if you're acquitted of it not the, okay, the best example is for a shooting, right? Uh, not just like a wrongdoing or some uh, an accusation or something like that, but say an officer or a deputy gets into a shooting, uh, it ends up being ruled and justified that it was a justified shoot. It was, everything was on the up and up. Uh, civilly, they can still come back and sue you. Uh, however, with qualified immunity, you're protected. Uh, if assuming that the law lawsuit, assuming that the law enforcement officer was justified in his actions, so qualified immunity protects uh, civilly them coming after your possessions, your house, your vehicles, uh, your kids' college tuition, stuff like that. Now, that being said, 
if an officer is deemed like uh, just like with the whole um, nonsense with Floyd, that guy can be sued civilly. Like qualified immunity does not protect that guy. He was found wrong. Like he was in the wrong. So that doesn't apply to him. It doesn't apply to officers that shoot an unarmed woman that, you know, was having a mental upset. It, well, I shouldn't say that. Having a mental episode can still justify shooting them if they're obviously posing a danger or imminent threat. But what I'm saying is if someone, if a cop just randomly shoots somebody for no reason, no apparent reason, and sure as shit, it comes out and it's like, hey, that wasn't a good shoot. Law enforcement loses his job, loses his, you know, his uh, certification, all of that stuff. He can then be sued civilly. So qualified immunity does not protect those officers some people seem to think that that like it's a it's a blanket thing that covers all wrongdoings of any law enforcement no that's not what it is that's it's that's incorrect again this is like the most layman of terms i can explain it in because that's i think the easiest way to understand it is it's not full-on protection for all law enforcement all the time it's only if they aren't found guilty for doing anything wrong then it still protects them from getting too civilly because even if it goes to court civilly, they're still protected. All right, that being said, that's where I imagine this question probably stems from if uh, I had to do something other than law enforcement, which may be a real possibility, obviously, if this gets passed um, because there's, there's no way I could arguably like justify staying as a law enforcement officer uh, if that did pass because I couldn't risk them coming after like my house and my kids college funds and you know all of that stuff so that being said um if i had to do something else uh, i know i've talked about it on the podcast before it's tricky because i don't really have any skills like i'm not a carpenter or an electrician or a plumber like i'm not a tradesman in any way um i work hard i can work hard i, I used to do uh, windows and doors uh, installing service, you know, working in a warehouse, like all that stuff. I, I mean, I have experience doing other things. It's not like I've only ever been a cop. Um, but, uh, as for like a career, uh, I don't necessarily have anything that I can think of that I would like step into real easily. I think I would really enjoy, uh, doing something, uh, similar to like, uh, uh, what Tim Kennedy does for, that sheepdog response. I think that would be really fun to still be able to train people, especially some civilians that are just, they're trying to better themselves. They're trying to make themselves better. I think it would be really cool to be able to help those people uh, have the opportunity to improve themselves. I think that would be awesome. Um, I also think it would be fun to be able to do that on a regular basis where I go to the range and I shoot and come up with drills. And then I also do jujitsu and train people in grappling and, you know, possibly even do some canine stuff. I don't know. That might be a really fun and uh, enjoyable career, uh, either after law enforcement or once, you know, if this stupid qualified immunity was to go away. Uh, but uh, other than that, if we're talking like dream jobs, um, let me think here. Mm. Okay, I got one. Like dream job. I think would be a, a UFC referee. I think that would be awesome. Uh, I uh, recently listened to Mark Smith on Joe Rogan, who has a very, very interesting 
history, like career. He was a, he was a pilot, and he was a for the Thunderbirds for uh, a naval pilot, and uh, he was also he worked at NASA. He's he's just done a ton of stuff, and he's a UFC referee and he's MMA in general and doesn't just do UFC but uh, he seems to really enjoy it and when you hear him describe the science behind it and the amount of training that he's gone through and the understanding of the sport in order to put himself in the best position to watch and you know hopefully protect the fighters as uh, as well as help the fans have a good time and everything. I, I think it just sounds really, really cool. I, I would really enjoy that. I used to always say when I first started watching the fights, I was like, man, that guy's got the best seat in the house, you know? Well, not seat, obviously, but he's got the, he's got the best view of everything. And uh, I also do think that it is important for referees to have trained and understand like what's going on when someone's going for a particular submission or there's a, a combination being thrown and a, a fighter gets rocked and understanding knowing what that that feeling feels like and knowing what you're looking for excuse me i think could be i, I think i could do that well because i do know what that's like and uh, i think i would really enjoy it so dream job that would be my dream job i think uh ufc ref that would be pretty cool uh, question number two, which one do you prefer and why? Nine millimeter, 40 Smith and Wesson or 45 ACP? Okay, uh, probably gonna get a lot of, uh, a lot of blowback on this one. People ha have very different opinions on these things and I totally get it. I've shot all of them. Uh, I've shot nine mil a lot more than the rest. Uh, I understand the argument for some in the sense that uh, 45 supposedly has a little more stopping power, this, that, and other. And I've actually had this discussion several times with my dad because he's a big 45 guy. And uh, I, I always try to tell him, I'm like, yeah, but if you can't hit what you're shooting, what does it matter? You know, I mean, if, you, if you're putting rounds on target in the kill zone, like it, it, it doesn't matter if it's a nine mil or a 45. Uh, yeah, the 45, you get a little more bang for your buck, but uh, you're also paying a little bit more of a buck for 45. Uh, same with 40, 40 is just a little bit more expensive. I understand the, the thought process behind it. Uh, I'm not opposed to either, by the way. Uh, there's so many guns on the market that uh, you can get a very, very good firearm for you know, a decent price at any of these calibers and enjoy it very much. What it comes down to is personal preference. And my personal preference, nine millimeter for several reasons. Uh, one, easier to come by the ammo. Obviously our agency provides us ammo. So it's, it's easier for us to, you know, shoot that we shoot that. And then it's like, if I'm on my off days, if I'm training, it makes more sense to me to continue to train with a nine millimeter handgun just because it's normal size caliber of like what I'm used to uh, similar gun all of that's like I can carry a different gun a lot of time I carry Glock 19x but for work I have a sig uh, but the new p320 is very si somewhat sigs answer to Glock which I 
find kind of funny because I prefer Glock and it's like, why are you trying to answer Glock? Why aren't you trying to be your own gun if you're so great? And it's because in my opinion, Glock is a superior firearm. I know I'm probably gonna get a bunch of feedback on that one too. Again, personal opinion, that's what they asked. They said, which one do you prefer? I'm telling you which one I prefer. For a nine millimeter, I also prefer Glock over SIG. That's my personal preference. Um, nine millimeter also, it's a very, it's, it's almost, I would say it's almost as universal of a round as a 22. Like in the sense that not right now so much because of the ammo shortage, but in general, you, you can find it anywhere. You don't have to get weird, you know, not that 40 and 45 is really a weird caliber, but sometimes it's a little harder to come by bulk amounts of it. Uh, so I, that's, that's some of the many reasons why I prefer the nine. I'm trying to think if I got anything else for why I, I just, that's kind of what I've become so accustomed to shooting that that's all I want to shoot. And I'm also one of those people that I don't have, uh, I'm not like what you would consider a gun connoisseur in the sense that I have a bunch of different firearms. I have, I mean, obviously if Big Brother's listening, I, I only have the guns issued to me through the agency. But that being said, uh, I would only have nine millimeter guns now because then I don't have to buy a bunch of different types of ammo, if that makes any sense. I would rather just have, I have several guns in that caliber several different types of gun in that caliber, but I would prefer to just keep it the same caliber. So I don't have to worry about, I have enough problems finding storage for the ammo that I do have. And it's all the same. I can't imagine having to find like multiple rooms of storage for different types of ammo. So for me, my preference, nine millimeter, I understand the uh, preference of the other two for different reasons, but for my money, I'm going with nine all day. All right, question number three. <laughs> this is someone that knows me well. How did you get started on Steel Reserve? All right, shout out to Steel Reserve. If uh, you want to sponsor the podcast, hit me up. I'd be happy to drink one every time I do the podcast just for you. Uh, but uh, the way I got on Steel Reserve without uh, throwing anyone under the bus uh, it was actually the guys in my canine unit got me started on it. I know you would think steel reserve. Oh, Hey, it must've, you must've been hanging out with a bunch of bums. That's what got you started on. You would be incorrect. Uh, we, we are bums in a sense, but, uh, no, we, we're not sleeping on park benches. For those that don't know what steel reserve is, it is a type of beer that is a uh, high octane 211 high gravity. It's, uh, Check it out. It's a relatively cheap beer, 8.1% uh, alcohol content. If you've ever seen a bum like sleeping on a bench in the middle of the day and you're like, man, how is he sleeping on a bench in the middle of the day? It's because he had two tall boy steel reserves and he is highly intoxicated. Um, that's that's how. That's how he was able to sleep in on a bench in the middle of the day with traffic going by and the sun up and all that. That's exactly how. So um, I got started on it uh, shortly after I got into the canine unit. A couple of the guys drank it and it was kind of a joke uh, that they grabbed like tall boys uh, before. This was prior to me getting in the unit, but they had grabbed the tall boys before and making fun of the, you know, calling it a bum beer and stuff. But then they realized it was a, it was a really good starter beer for if you're you know, going to be doing some drinking that night and you want to kind of prime the tank, 
steel reserve is the way to go because it uh, it really gets you going. But uh, I'm sure steel's not going to want to sponsor me now because I keep saying bum beer. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, you listen, it's a really cool can design anyways. Like the design on the can for one is really cool. But the fact of the matter is, is it's it sells. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a gas station and... There's a bunch of natty daddies in there. There's a bunch of, uh, you know, Coors and Bud Light tall boys and stuff. But those steals, man, they're always low because people come in there and grab them because they know that they get the job done. They are the, the, the Boy Scout of beers. They come prepared to do the job. So uh, that's how I got started on them. I can thank the guys in the K9 unit for that. And I do because, like I said, it's a nice little primer for when uh, you're going to be doing some drinking that night and, uh, you want to kind of maybe not want to start doing shots or anything, but you know, it's a nice beer to get you going. I will say this, it's best when it's ice cold. I like it really cold. Uh, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't hit you as good when uh, you get to that bottom of the can, if you've been drinking too slow and it's, it's a little warm. So, uh, I do recommend it though. Everyone should check it out. Steel reserve. Uh, question number four, if you had to, who are you fighting to the death? A baboon, chimpanzee, or orangutan? Okay, well, this is this is pretty easy. Chimpanzee, obviously, is off the table right away because they're psychos. They are freakishly strong. Uh, they go for all of your, all of like your very special parts, not just your uh, genitals, but they'll go for your fingers. They'll go for your eyes. Like they know what's important and they go for that too try to blind you, incapacitate you. And if they don't kill you, they want you to be miserable for the rest of your life because they're psychos. So chimpanzees off the table right off the get-go. Baboon over orangutan though is a little more difficult. The baboon, I think a lot more vicious. I'm more vicious. He's got the, you know, he's got the big freaking sharp teeth fangs. Uh, they're a little quicker, I would say, than the orangutan, but they're not as strong. But they're definitely also, they're going right for your face going right for your jugular too. They, they're, uh, they're going for the throat. Um, man. The problem I have with orangutans is I worry if I have to fight it, there's one of two things. Either I'm going to have to like instigate it into fighting, in which case it's going to be like, it's going to be reluctant and I'm, I'm going to be less, less aggressive. And then it's going to lose its shit and beat the hell out of me. Or if it's an orangutan and it wants to fight, I'm, I'm screwed. Cause those things are so freakishly strong. And even me with my big old orangutan arms that I always make fun of cause they're so freaking long. I don't stand a chance. They got the reach all day. They got the reach on you. And uh, what was it? Uh, Clint Eastwood, uh, any which way but loose. Clyde, left turn, you know? I mean, that that monkey was freakishly strong. And I think, I think orangutans are kind of the sleeper of that group because they're very docile for the most part. They're not, they're not going after, you know, you don't have any real history of them being meat eaters and going after other primates and stuff like the other two. The other two will definitely feed on the weak in their group as well as uh, of other groups. They will attack and uh, just demoralize. So I guess, uh, gun to my head, man. I think I'm going to go with the orangutan on the hopes that maybe he's not mad at me right away and I can just jump on him and potentially 
hopefully choke him out before he has a chance to really respond. I just think the baboon might be too quick. And they're kind of, they're, I mean, they're, they're a little vicious themselves. So, and a guy, don't get me wrong. There's good sized baboons out there too. They're not tiny. I'm just saying in regards, in comparison to the orangutan in general, I think the orangutans are bigger, especially with those, that long reach. So I'm going to take the orangutan, uh, for the fight, uh, to the death. I think, I think I'd have to go after the orangutan. All right. Question number five, last one, pushing through these bad boys here. All right. This one is perfect. Uh, which racist Dr. Seuss book do you read to your kids at night? Um, obviously, everyone's been paying attention to the news and the nonsense with the, uh, not only is apparently Dr. Seuss now racist, uh, we also don't have a Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head anymore because evidently that's, I don't know, gender that's not gender fluid. Have you ever seen a potato? You ever seen genitals on a potato? That's my question. Are you kidding me? I mean, even when they grow those little nubby things on them, it doesn't look anything like genitals that I've seen, at least not anything that's healthy. Give me a break, people. Uh, Dr. Seuss is not racist. Well, maybe he was racist. I have no idea. But his books aren't. His books are books. They're there to entertain kids. Give me a break. I... We, re, we, we are not, uh, we're, let's put it this way. We're not going to go onto the bandwagon of, hey, let's uh, get rid of all the Dr. Seuss books because uh, some hippie yuppie decided to think that it's, it's racist. Um, I think that's absolute nonsense. Uh, we are in this culture of just, oh, I'm offended by everything. So, or I have such a good life, I have to find something to be offended by or upset about. So that's what that is. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't, I never obviously personally knew Dr. Seuss. I don't believe he was a racist, uh, but I don't know. I don't think his books are racist. Uh, if I, the ones that I actually read to my kids, I've read them all. I, I think all of them at this point, uh, but the girls, they all really love the Lorax. Uh, I think it's because of the Lorax movie mainly, but uh, they love, they also love Cat in the Hat. Like, the old cat in the hat with the thing one and thing two. They're very good with that as well. Uh, the Netflix has done some series with, uh, what was it? Sam I Am. They were the Green Eggs and Ham one. They loved that too. So we've read all those books. Let them watch the movies. Guess what? I've watched it with them. I've read the books. I've read the books when I was a kid. At no point was I triggered to start a race riot of any kind or to be prejudiced towards a certain race because I read, you know, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Never, never once, never once did I ever have any sort of animosity or hate in my heart because of Dr. Seuss. So maybe, obviously, probably the people not listening to this podcast, but stop being triggered by everything. Don't look for something to be offended by. Give me a break, man. It's it's not like you have to be upset about something. You don't. Just try to enjoy your life. Have fun. Uh, that's all I really got. I actually have uh, for kind of some housekeeping stuff. I do have a couple guests lined up here very soon. Uh, I'm excited about uh, one of them is going to be probably, it probably won't be for another week at least. And then uh, also in talks with uh, John Bueller from, I believe he was, 
to episode three. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. We're gonna have to do like a part two because we kind of got cut off short on that one. And then I also had some technical difficulties where it actually cut off about 20 minutes of that podcast as well. So I will, I'm gonna be getting with him and we're gonna be redoing some of the questions that got cut off as well as asking some of the questions that we didn't, weren't able to get into just because we were limited on time. Uh, that being said, I have a couple other guys that I'll be on, uh, some reoccurring guests and some new. So please continue to listen. Uh, I can't stress enough, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you got to do, wherever you listen to the podcast, uh, rate it, uh, send me a message, send me a, a DM on Instagram. If you have my number, feel free to text me with anything you got for any more WTF Wednesday questions. I'll be happy to answer them. Uh, if I didn't get to your question this week, I apologize, but it's because now I'm getting like an influx of them. So I'm having to kind of pick and choose. I uh, just want you guys to know that I really don't review them before I, I write them down. I, I read them, I write them down, and then I answer them. I don't really study them or anything. So if sometimes it seems like I'm having to think of my answers because I kind of want to be caught off guard and have to answer in the moment. So again, thank you guys for the support. Please keep listening. Hit me up on Instagram and subscribe on any of the podcast things that you're listening to. So I'll get with you guys. I think the next one will still be a WTF Wednesday before I get the next guest in here. So thank you for listening and I'll talk to you then.